Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. The Traits of a Sincere Seeker A Mudakara from December 8th, 2020 by Sheikh Muhammad Fawzi Al-Karkari A murid once said to me, Sheikh, I came to visit you with the intention of knowing God. I want to live in the Zawiyah along with the other resident disciples. I wish to withdraw from the world and remain with you for the sake of knowing God, for the sake of divine knowledge. Let me cut to the chase and put it in simple words. The resident disciples, the Fuqara Mutajaridin, who have withdrawn from work workday life for the sake of purifying their souls, they're not seeking divine knowledge. This is the bottom line. They're not here for the sake of knowing God. Who then is the genuine seeker of divine knowledge? And what are his qualities? Who really seeks direct knowledge of God, Ma'rifa? The true seeker, before even arriving at his sheikh, will have sold himself to God. He will have sold his wealth before arriving at his sheikh. He arrives with no provision, no, cor no corporeality, no containership, no receptacles. His eye is turned to the heavens, his hands raised to the sky, supplicating to his Lord, seeking nothing other than God's approval. His quest is for God and it's without movement of the tongue, it's without words. It's an inner spiritual pursuit that expresses itself through the formula Astaghfirullah, I seek God's forgiveness. Inwardly, this genuine seeker is driven by a powerful desire to please the All-Merciful. When he speaks, it is without a tongue. And when he comes, he looks for his orientation, his wijha in order to return to his Lord. And when he sets out on his journey to meet the Shaykh, he forgets his flip-flops and comes barefooted. And when he steps, he is unaware of where his foot is placed. Has he stepped on a rock, on fire, or on thorns? He's indifferent. This is the one who truly arrives at the doorstep of the Shaykh. He owns neither his past, nor his present, nor his future, as if all the doors are closed before him, and only the lofty door of the Lord remains open, and he hopes for the mercy of his Lord. There is nothing in his soul, in his mind, or in his thoughts. He comes to us destitute, naked, barefooted, tearful, seeking the pleasure of the All-Merciful. He doesn't even know where his foot is stepping. Is it stepping in this world? Is it stepping in the next world? He just supplicates his Lord and yearns to meet his Lord today before tomorrow. We're not talking about here someone who's trying to end his life because the doors of his provision were closed before him or because he has no status or leadership, 
and that he wants to flee from this world because he can't handle the life that is incumbent upon him to live. Far from it, we're talking about a special type. When the Sheikh says, I am waiting in the hopes that God may send me someone who grasps ma'rifah, who grasps genuine knowledge of God, this is what we're waiting for. We're waiting for that barefooted, thirsty, tearful seeker who will come, who doesn't have anything to cover his body, who's looking to the sky, wanting none other than to please his Lord. And when we say, this seeker owns nothing, we mean that he has no past, no present, no future, as if he's descended from heaven. This is the one who wants to know his Lord. This is the person whose furthest goal is to acquire divine knowledge. As for the one who arrives at the Zawiyah with his suitcases, his property, his receptacles, his plurality, whose heart is occupied with his children, his career, his spouse, his past, his present, his future. The withdrawal of that person in the Zawiyah, or the lack thereof, is the same. What is such a person really seeking? That kind of disciple is seeking deliverance, self-purification. He wants to lighten his load. He sees himself as carrying mountains and hopes that perhaps the Sheikh may remove at least one of those mountains of sadness, concern, sorrow and grief that he carries. Listen to me if you want to know what divine knowledge is, if you want to know what divine secrets are. When a person comes to the Sheikh with this type of divine love that I've described, this burning and luminous quest for the divine, how will the Sheikh receive him? How will the Sheikh greet this kind of seeker? You think he's going to hug him? The Sheikh has been waiting all this time for this seeker. But you think I'll embrace him? Of course not. I'll burn him with the fire of spiritual struggle. Because his traits, his qualities have to be tested. We need to know if he's sincere in his wayfaring or if he's just putting up a show. So we say, face the Qibla, my son. Since you have freed yourself from all receptacles, and since you have freed yourself from your past, your present, and your future, face the Qibla now and invoke your Lord. And when you tell this murid to do so, you find that he invokes without pause. He is continuously in a state of remembrance, without sleep, without distraction, without any other inclinations. Why is that? Because he has no past, present, or future. His reign of assistance is none other than the Divine Presence. His invocation is in a state of standing, sitting, and on his side. And he doesn't even know the specific mode of his turning to God in repentance. He just invokes constantly. When we discover 
that this genuine seeker is successfully invoking with his tongue, we say, show us your share in fasting. Show us how you refrain from food and water. Then he fasts continuously, because he has already fasted from the realm of other than God, and he wants to break his fast with the divine attributes of the one and the only, al-wahid al-ahad, of the self-sufficient. He fasts from speech, from food, from drink, and he remains in a state of invocation. Such is a person who is afflicted by divine love, by subtle grace, by the flowing, the sarayan. This is the type of person who has the right to go into the spiritual retreat, the khalwa, and to learn the secrets of the path. Of the path. Those who entered the khulwa were not of this caliber, but we put them therein in the hopes that perhaps they may acquire some of these traits and some of these merciful qualities. When this type of murid enters the khulwa, he does not want to leave it because he entered with no return. His prayer is to meet his Lord and he finds the spiritual retreat to be the night of his grave. He remains wanting to stay in that grave, waiting to meet his Lord, waiting to discover his connection to his Lord. He's not waiting for a disclosure, a vision, a spiritual experience. On the contrary, he excels in disclosures, visions, and spiritual experiences, but he doesn't halt with them. He seeks to see his Lord. This is why Ibrahim, Abraham السلام, says, This is my Lord, هَذَا Rabbi, as soon as he sees the star, the moon, and the sun, because his furthest goal is to know his Lord, to see his Lord, not just a sign. And so, every time he sees a sign, he proclaims, هَذَا Rabbi, This is my Lord. If the disciple attains this level, and we find that he grasps this flowing, this spiritual wayfaring in his deeds and his actions, not with his words, then he draws from the path. I say this so that you don't just repeat my words that you hear in the lessons and in the mudakara, and then imagine that you've attained ma'rifa, divine knowledge. I say this in the hopes that you will grasp your function and not to just repeat what I say. Now, this sincere seeker, having entered the khulwa, he enters but doesn't leave. He goes from Adam, from non-existence, to baqa, subsistence. He moves from one state to another, from annihilation to everlastingness, from fana to khulud. This is what your own wayfaring implies. It's an entry without an exit. It's not for you to count the levels of the khalwa, day one, day two, day three, and then you say you're done. The sincere seeker enters the khalwa and feels the coldness of death. He looks around himself and sees his true state, serpents, scorpions, lowly animals. Then he becomes absent from himself and doesn't pay regard to it and turns to his Lord. And each time a disclosure appears, his heart says, this witnessing sight 
is the disclosure of my Lord. Now the khalwa is done. You leave it. And now the shaykh tests you. He says, leave the spiritual retreat. But this seeker refuses to separate from his beloved. And he says, do I have the right to remain in the presence of my Lord and never turn away to anyone else, never pay regard to anything else? And the shaykh says, no, you are required to live and to convey the deeds, the words and the determinations of the Prophet's sunnah, of the Prophet's behavioral model and to call others to the path. And so we send this disciple, this sincere seeker, on a pious roaming, a siyaha. And he goes without provision, without destination, without return, and without shoes. As Shaykh al-Alawi said, La li wa la ma'i. I neither have something that I possess, nor something along with me. The siyaha, the spiritual roaming of this seeker, has no time, no pattern, no itinerary. Because this seeker doesn't have a qibla. And all the qiblas are enfolded in his presence. And wherever he turns, there is the face of God. And so he seeks the lost object of divine proximity that he learnt in his retreat, out there on the horizons, in his siyaha and he disappears. The Shaykh sends him on a siyaha, and he's absent for a long time. Then, after a while, we call him back to us, not to reward him, but to test him further. And so, we try him with a spouse. We afflict him by saying, you must build a home, you must start a family, you must have children, in order to perfect your religion so that you may be like your peers. And we afflict him with a wife, and we want to see if he gives her her rightful due, and if he fulfills the rights of his children. We want to see if he's a righteous husband who preserves the trust that he was entrusted with. We want to see if he safeguards his trust and his children, and if they are not obstacles between him and the presence of his Lord. We want to ensure that his search for a livelihood, for their food and their clothing, is not an obstacle in his wayfaring. We want to ensure that he's a righteous father who feeds his family only that which is permitted, al-halal, and is present with his Lord all the while. And he's still not compensated. He still needs a final test. Once he has passed the test of the family, we strike him once again with the here below, with the dunya, with this world. This is it. Now he steps his foot outside his home. The same foot that came barefooted to us the first time when he was searching for his sheikh. The foot that didn't know whether it stepped on thorns or fire or water or rocks. Now he steps his feet over pearls and gold and precious red coral. The world opens itself up to him. Now we observe him to see whether he will stretch his hand forth and take what God has gifted him. 
by way of worldly possession, or whether his hand is cut off, since he claimed to have become absent from containers and from receptacles and from spatial location and from time. If we find that the ornaments of the here below that we afflicted him with do not distract him and he refuses to take from this world. He refuses to chase after it because he is chasing after the presence of his Lord. Then we know that for this seeker, gold, silver, and dust have become equal in his eyes. He no longer distinguishes between them, because he has seen the reality of Ha'ul Hawiyah, the Ha of divine identity, of the divine name Allah. What will we do with this type of disciple? How do we treat him at the end? We strike him once more with leadership, power lust, rulers, notables of society, what you call kings and ministers and sultans and emirs. And then if he seeks something of the here below through one of those powers, then he will have failed the test. But if his furthest end has no distractions, if he doesn't pay regard to these things, if he wishes to remain dusty and destitute, then we know that his goal is intimate converse with the All-Merciful. Then he will have passed the test, and that is the final test. This, my son, is the person who says, I come to know my Lord. This is a seeker of God. This is the one who realized what the prophets meant when he says, the one who knows himself knows his Lord. It's not to sit in front of the Sheikh, to record his words, to memorize them, to repeat them on your tongue, or to repeat a word or two from some Sheikh and to parrot them out again, or to read and parrot the words of God's folk from the books that you've read and to imagine that they are your words. That's not divine knowledge. Marifa is a secret. The angels can't record it. The devils can't corrupt it. Ma'rifah is the secret of all secrets. No created thing can attain it. No iblis or servant can arrive at it. Because the one truly existent one, Allah cannot be sought by someone who claims to exist alongside with him. What you're actually seeking, your quest, call it philosophy. Call it a discourse, call it a theory, call it anecdotes and stories about the people who were qualified to be in the Holy Presence. So be honest with yourself and say, I am seeking to unload some of my weight, to lighten my burden. Perhaps this is my chance to turn toward the holy precinct. Perhaps God may accept two cycles of my prayer. This is spiritual traveling. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad kama sallayta ala Sayyidina Ibrahim wa ala ali Sayyidina Ibrahim wa barik ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad
كما باركت على سيدنا إبراهيم وعلى آل سيدنا إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد